Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Svanberg and Kat Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with me, Kat Smith. And also I have with me on the other side of the world, Vegard Svanberg. Hello, Vegard. How are you? Hello. I am good. How are you? What's happening in New Zealand? Oh, not much. It's a sleepy country, although we just had a general election. Um, and from the end of that general election, we still don't know who's governing the country. So that's how New Zealand works. We like to take wow. our time and discuss it and then negotiate it, even though people have voted. Uh, we do this thing called mixed member representation um, type of parliament. And um, the main parties, one of them has a majority of 45% or 46%, not quite enough to make a whole government. So they have to now negotiate with somebody else from another party who might have a few more seats that it needs. And unfortunately, the party that it needs to negotiate with, they've had uh, words in the past. And um, the other party, the major party, went from pretty much nothing. They had a new leader come in and a bit like Trump just started to take over the whole uh, news and uh, social media. And, um, and it's possible that that party could form the government with two other parties. So who knows, even if you voted, which I didn't because I don't believe in voting, um, you still don't know if you've got a government or not. And, uh, you know, the country can probably can run quite well without one, to be honest. Well, so we saw, yeah, happening. we saw that in Europe, didn't we? When, uh, I can't remember which of the countries. Uh, well, Ireland did it, it the for a long time. So was it Belgium or something? Well, Ireland did yeah, it for a long time. Did. Yeah, it didn't have a parliament for ages. Yeah. And I can't remember whether it was Belgium or the Netherlands, the Hollands or, or Holland, Luxembourg. The Netherlands. Some, one of those countries didn't have a government for, what, six months or something. Around just totally fine. People just ignore the whole right. thing. So. Yeah. Why do we need them? Yeah. yeah. The so be. that's what's happening in little old New Zealand. Um, but wow. yeah, one thing I did find, or what I have found, politics aside, because it's a bit boring for after a while, is... Um, I've been having to do a lot of manual labour here, and I'm sure that's not the case in every house in New Zealand, but my parents don't have anything to do with, uh, well, they don't have central heating like in Europe, uh, and, and electricity is quite expensive here, even though there's a lot of ways to produce electricity quite cleanly and easily, like hydroelectric power and thermal um, power, which comes out of the, you know, the movement of the Earth's crust underneath this little old shaky island. Um, but they don't have anything in the way of central heating and they don't have double glazing and the house is really cold. And what they do have is a wood burner. So they have one single wood burner in one room and it's supposed to heat the whole house. And that means I have to light a fire and I have to chop wood and I have to cart wood and I have to make sure there's enough wood for the next one and I have to light the fire and I have to keep stoking the fire. And and as much as I'm enjoying the physical exercise i really hate the inconvenience of the whole thing i'd rather just turn on a switch and have my electricity flowing to me down a nice clean pipe like you know without any ashes but and cut. smoke don't, don't your parents have a heat pump no they don't 
They asked on the oh, renovation okay, so, of the house, so because that, yeah. well, you know what you what what you're describing there is Norway, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's here. Well, yeah. what's every Norwegian? I think most Norwegians have invested in heat pumps. You, you know, you can keep a a minimum level of of heat and comfort, and then you use the wood burner to to heat up when you really need to, or when it gets really cold. So I think you're. Are you telling me your parents are cheap? <laughs> Uh, my parents are from the old school, yeah. My, my, my parents have money. That, that, that should not ever bother them. They have plenty. But they, they are from the old school of you don't waste anything, you don't throw anything away, which is pretty evident. Yeah, I recognise the that. House. Uh, they recycle everything. Yeah. They're very clean, green living people. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with the wood burner. They like it. That's what they've always had. That's what yeah. they've always known. And yeah, they don't like to spend on unnecessary things. And they like to work as well, don't they? I can I can imagine, especially your dad. He actually likes chopping yeah, wood and providing for the family and stuff. Then doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, they do. And and I think that's quite a nice thing. After you know, and they're in their sixties, which is not very old really, and that they're still you know keeping doing what they're doing. It makes me sound like I'm yeah. telling my parents are old and they're not really they you sound like a sport team but that's okay you are <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah yeah but just coming from countries where a you can turn on the a switch and yeah. instantly you're warm or cool you know with air conditioning to having to actually go back yeah. to you know i remember growing up like this i used to have to do this and it's messy it sounds romantic a fire and lovely glowing flames in winter and holding a nice cup of mulled wine around it but it stinks <laughs> and it's smoky and it's dusty and it's Oh, it's grimy and yuck. So yeah, and there's wow. bugs in the you, woods. You've there's become you've woods. become quite you've become quite the princess, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> queen bitch actually. <laughs> Don't you forget that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like princesses here. Oh, anyway, that's happening. What's anyways. happening in my little world? What's happening in your little world? My little world. Well, uh, things How's happened. Your cock? I was uh, sorry. How's your cock? Or your neighbour's cock? Quiet. Quiet. Cook's quiet. <laughs> no action for the cook. Imagine. I mean, no action for the cook. And actually, this came. You know, um, I have two bedroom windows, and it never occurred to me that I could actually shut the bedroom window <laughs> oh that faces God. the neighbour with the cock and open the other one. I mean, I would still hear it, but <laughs> less, less annoying, probably not much, but probably less. So. Uh, uh, Kat, you you briefly mentioned that last time, but we have one listener who's called his, whose name is Tim Fitch, oh, Tim. and Tim and I we share the same personal trainer, so we are in a Facebook group, uh, a private group where we you know post uh, underwear photos and, <laughs> and, and stuff. Right. Um, Sounds a bit yeah, and, suspect. You know, Penis, penis measurements and, you know, that's okay. how it rolls. But anyway, I, I got, um, so Phil posted something there the other day, which I wanted to read out. So what he says is, this is Tim saying, quick updates. After my illness in July and a holiday layoff for three weeks in August, I've been hitting the gym hard. I'm now back up to four sessions a week. And this Saturday, I was hoping to at least equal my existing, my existing for my leg day routine. Now, I've also started using earphones to listen to podcasts on marketing. Now, this Saturday started well. 
I was listening to Vega and Kat's podcast and on the leg press, I equaled my personal best and ditto assisted pull-ups. Then I heard Kat say she wanted to do Vicky in a bit of a banter with Vega. After that, I smashed all my PBs. Who would have thought a podcast on growing your salon fast would have had such an effect on my training, particularly for a baldy? I think we can we can surely say that this podcast can grow more than your your, your business. <laughs> I am so delighted that I am um, instrumental in growing Tim's <laughs> muscles. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing them the next time I see him. I, I, I'm not sure whether this is you know disturbing or not, but. <laughs> Can you, have you ever listened to marketing podcasts during training? No, that's a new one. But I do know someone else. I know uh, another listener, Rory, listens to the these podcasts at the gym as well. So, again, I think we're in, we've are in. we missed our calling. We need to go into gym motivation. Wow. <laughs> that helps people at the gym. Perhaps you should start adding some music and stuff to the podcast. Background oh. music to <laughs> yeah. really pump oh, it up. I don't know. Not drying up my dulcet <laughs> tones. How do you? You all know Phil the trainer. Uh, you heard him last episode, and he actually, before that episode, he uh, he got on the group and asked Tim if there was any, anything sexual he'd like him to say during the show. To <laughs> I don't know. It's me talking about things that make gets Tim off, not Phil talking about things. So. Yeah, I think, but you never know. He's kinks and quirks, so okay. So that's Tim. what happened. Uh, Kat, uh, what? What what um, weird things aside, what what are we talking about today? Um, well, I want to talk about how you met your wife, and I do have a, a purpose for this. There is a reason why I'm asking you this question. So, how how, how did you persuade wife. your wife to marry? A, how did you meet? But also, how did you persuade your wife to marry you? The answer to the first one is I um, I didn't meet her. She met me. She <laughs> okay. actually literally showed up at my doorstep. Because that's how B work in is always, I um, B is I didn't lift a finger to attract her. Wow! Well, it was a mail order. You just well, no, that wouldn't be lifting a finger, wouldn't it? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't mail order. No, so I can't remember this. I was just done with uh, one of my earlier relationships were were um, over a few months before, and I can't remember the exact uh, exactly what happened. But I think that a mutual friend. Uh, introduced us and then she decided to to come visit me just to you know say hello and that's how it all started but you know in the beginning it was uh, I wasn't really interested in having a relationship so I didn't try to do anything to persuade her you know I just yeah I met her I said hi but I wasn't really interested <laughs> so I didn't do anything so but oh, that kind of you know me me yeah I basically just reject, rejected her but Seem to sort of work against, yeah. Uh, that 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 more or less ignited the rocket. <laughs> <laughs> so you were that good by just repelling somebody they wanted to come back for more. Actually, there's something in that because when we do takeaway selling, when we say to people, "You can't have me," or "I'm too expensive," or "You know, you can't afford me," or "You know, you're not the right fit for me," people want you, don't they? They they want you even more. It's kind of a it's a funny thing that humans do. They are. They don't want to be told that they can't have you, and unless they really don't want you at all and they can't really afford you, they're going to make it happen so they can have you. 
So you did a bit of. And let me just hasten to add that, of course, of course, after what I was attracted as well. It's not. I'm. I'm. I'm presenting this as it was. <laughs> you were a, just. A, you were a glass. If I wasn't just a cold. Yeah, no, of course not. But but in the beginning, it was a bit like that, and it seemed to you know attract her even more that I wasn't quite ready to you know date or anything like that. That seemed to just fire her up. So that was really interesting. And uh, later, as you you say, later I learned that that is actually uh, a very powerful uh, thing. Yeah, and it's a, it's great to um, remind ourselves that when it comes to marketing. Um, the skill of uh, dating and um, attraction and the whole area of uh, influence around you know, people and when it comes to relationships and love and, and what have you is very aligned to marketing and what we do with people with marketing because what I wanted to speak about today was about influence and how do you, how do you persuade people to buy things um, and I'm talking about this and doing it in a very uh, moral way, an ethical way, without uh, defrauding people, without um, taking the piss out of them, without uh, doing it in a negligent way at all. But doing it if they want something and they need, they want something from you that solves their problem, and you're giving them something very genuine that does solve the problem, then it is up to you to persuade them to uh, take you and buy from you and buy your product or your solution to their product. To their problem and the way you do that is by persuading them to do it so um if you remember uh we talked to did we talked to vicky have we talked to vicky on the podcast or have i just done that we separately? have not talked to vicky on the podcast then but we've talked very, to her on numerous very, other occasions very laps at that but i've talked to someone called vicky fraser and she does something very similar to what we do with small businesses uh, and she says she said the most important thing to remember is that people are ready, they want what you have. They want your your thing. They want your solution to their problem. They just don't know who to get it from. Um, and they need a reason to buy from you. So you need to be persuading them that you are the one that can fix their solution. Um, and when you are talking about influence and persuasion, there are six things, six triggers, that have been identified as things that all humans Every single person in the human race responds to um, and operates on from a neurological perspective. So it's not even about culture or ethnicity or race or your beliefs. It's hardwired in us that we will do things when these things are triggered. And my triggered, I don't mean saying that you've got fat thighs and you want to crawl away in the corner and rock and suck your thumb. That Not that kind of triggering at all. So, and and these have been attributed to a guy called Robert Cialdini, um, and he sort of discovered these back in the seventies. He's done a lot of research, uh, so there's a lot of scientific evidence around these six things. Um, and one of the things, um, one of the triggers is liking. So if we like somebody, we're more likely to trust them and establish a relationship with them, and therefore more likely to buy from them. So. I'm picking your wife liked you. Yes? Yeah. So. <laughs> You're so enthusiastic about it. She didn't have to have words with Heidi. What was she thinking? <laughs> she liked yeah. you. Why do you think she liked you? You're listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. I have no bloody idea. <laughs> 
Why am I asking? No, no, but you know, she knew of me. There, there's a backstory here, but I'm not gonna go into all that. But uh, she knew of me, and she knew what I was like, more or less. So, so, so she I guess had, she had she one of those other triggers. Too. She had social proof, did she? She knew of you. Yeah. Had testimonials yeah. from your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Knew what was knew what a bit of the background, uh, knew what I did, so yeah. Because that's another trigger is, is social proof, and I know that um, we are now in an age of social media, and that never used to be the case. Um, and that social media kind of taken on this big role of saying, well, if you're on social media, then you are authentic and you've got social proof. But that's not always the way. It can be word of mouth or. So, for example, for referrals or things like that, but also that you walk your talk and that you say, you do what you say you're going to do and you're, you've got integrity around it um, and that your friends rave about you or your clients rave about you and that's your social proof. Um, and we tend to follow the crowd in that respect. So we are a little bit like sheep in a way. Um, but because of the social media stuff now, it's becoming harder to predict or harder to 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 really pick who's the most authentic and if people are saying and doing what they're saying they're doing on social media and if what they're saying is actually true. So it's becoming a little bit harder to do that based on social media and online stuff. So yeah. you need to be in people's faces a bit more, don't you? There seems to be this thing now where people are trying to create personalities rather than than letting their own personality out. So you can't really... This is... Um, this thing about people almost uh, faking a personality or some kind of personality, as opposed to what you and I do, I guess, where we, we let our real personality shine through. And yeah, we, of course, we exaggerate, <laughs> we exaggerate par- parts of our personality. I mean, you're not, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to dent your, your, your thing here, but you're not that, you're a bitch, but you're not. Yeah, you haven't that, seen me in action, really, because, you know, I kind of like you. No, no, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so you haven't really no, received yeah. the full brunt of my bitchiness, however. Yeah, well, you know, we take our personality and we use that personality more or less as we are. So if someone met you or met me, we would be, they wouldn't be surprised. We would yeah. act and we would say the same things more yeah. or less. As I said, we exaggerate parts, maybe a bit, but not that much. But what you see with some of the people on on social media and other places is that you you they, they present themselves as one thing and when you meet it there's something completely different and not genuine if you could call it and that. when that happens there's a real incongruence isn't there and you you feel like you've been slapped in the face and you and you feel a bit betrayed so you don't trust them anymore um, and you'll always get found out if you're doing that on social media and if you've been someone you aren't you always get found out and um you know you can have millions of followers and you could be getting loads and loads of money from turning over thousands of people but as soon as they find out what you really like you just you're losing all that so yeah that's that's yeah that's one thing another thing is that when um you see for instance you probably have them as well the friends where everything is just happiness all the time so they take photos of a glass of wine and you know (laughs) fire in the background and everything is just happiness and bliss all the time and Everyone knows that life's not like that, so they not, do not come across as genuine. Because, um, and we see that in business as well, yeah. Where people try to, everything is just fine, and they, you know everything is great all the time. But and and there is a, 
you know, you can't present your business as shit. That's not what I mean. But what you can do is that you could use your personality and let that shine through. And if you're genuine with that, it's, you know, people understand that you're real. Yeah, and, and if you have a bad they, day, there is that. Yeah. yeah, you could. Yeah, and and a business is hard. And people do understand that it is hard. And they like to help. So if you are sharing with you know, what when things are harder and when things are better, then you'll be surprised at who steps up to the plate and tries to help out. Which is actually something that there's another there's another influence or another trigger is called reciprocity, where if you do something for somebody, they're more likely and more compelled to do something back for you, particularly if it's a voluntary thing or something that's for free. Um, you see this all the time in big supermarkets where they have that little stand and they're giving away free cubes of cheese or little sauce that they've just made that goes, you know, that they sell in the supermarket and they demonstrate it gives it to you for nothing. And the expectation is you will buy that particular product because you've been given it for nothing. Um, and it, it proven to work. It boosts the sales quite significantly. So that's why they do it. Yeah, not- there are two. Yeah, there are two sides to that, of course, because you can't give away what you do for free. But there is a point about reciprocity. There are also some people who say that reciprocity is just a crock of shit. But uh, I think there's a, there's a huge debate on that. Well, it's an obligation. How, how far you can take it, but and it doesn't have to happen instantly. It, you know, you could do something for someone. No. And they don't necessarily do something yeah. back for, you for quite some time. Yes. But I'm not saying, yeah, you, what you're yeah. saying is that don't give away all your service and products for free. It's not going to work. You're not a charity. Yeah, I'm saying don't don't start cutting people for free because they will no, say yes. But if you're doing a free consultation, you, so, yeah. I mean, that's the whole premise around free yes, consultation. Exactly. That, that first thing exactly. is we'll give you a consultation and we might give you a couple of little takeaway samples. And then yeah. you're more likely to come back because we've done something for nothing, even though that's a little bit worn out. But if you're you're doing something like a little gift bag at the end of the service, you know, it's full of little goodies. That's always a nice touch. People love that sort of thing. So, um, and yeah. it's not that difficult to do. So as long as you're not overusing it, I think that's a really good one. No, and- we uh, yeah, I'm not going to go into that in detail. But we we talked about that before how important it is to when you first get customers in that you actually sit down with them and interview them and talk to them and map out a path for the future and you give them something and you start relationship that way. But that's probably a topic for a whole other episode. So yeah, yeah, that's a whole other episode. I think right there we already talked about scarcity. So that's something like you can't have it, like your wife basically. You're like, oh, I'm not particularly interested in the relationship right yeah. now. So. Take me or leave me. Well, what do you suggest in with influence and persuasion? Because persuasion is, you know, when I when I hear persuasion, I think that that's twofold. So you can you can't convince people of anything really. You can't convince them to do anything. But when you say persuasion, it's a bit more subtle. So what do you think that you know? How do you think that could be used? How would you persuade someone to? buy from you well it, this is what you're using so you're using these triggers in your sales message so when you're writing you have to think about the things that people are more influenced by so whether it be the um, scarcity whether it be reciprocity whether it be your liking you know trust in your relationship social proof so that's the thing and there was two other things is authority so if you've written a book on the subject they're more likely to um, think you're an expert so they're more likely to believe you and obey you um, and consistency and commitments as soon as someone makes a commitment to an act 
they will follow it through regardless of even if their act wasn't what they really wanted to do it and they'll be consistent with it um when you when we tell people to write things down um such as goals you're more likely to do the goal because it's written yes is why people say write your goals down rather than just think about them or say them out loud if they're written they're an act of being done um and it's more likely to happen it's not always going to happen but it's more likely to happen so there's there's rules around that so when you put these things into your sales messages whether it be a video of yourself or a sales letter you've written or a in your newsletter then you can use these triggers and use these these this information about how people act to write and to use that in your sales message to compel them that you're the best one to buy from so like you say you can never tell a person what they have to do and it's not like you can influence them to do things unless you're Darren Brown or one of those magicians who work on the way people think and, and hypnotize people and what have you it's not like that I am talking moral and ethical great ways of doing things but you can use them to yeah. trigger people use that word trigger people yeah. to have a real think about you're the right person for the role or that you're the right person for yeah the and, and i would just add there that you can sometimes you can it's not that hard really sometimes to get people to buy something from you once because what you could do is you know you could come across as someone you could present yourself as someone you're not and you could uh, tell lies and you could do lots of stuff to get people to buy something from you once but you're not after that one-off sale you're after the relationship and that's where it, this thing about being and it's a bit worn because when I say being yourself it sounds like you know some self-help yeah, that's not authentic. what I mean but being, being genuine being you because yeah oh, it's uh, it isn't it yeah, but what I mean is just uh, be, by being genuine, you you won't have that. People won't get that surprise where they, you know you say one thing through your marketing and then they meet you and they meet your team and they get a completely different experience. There is yeah. a there is a thing there with this hotel. I can't remember what it's called in Ireland, but the owner there he uses social media quite a lot to, you know, he posts inane stuff and funny stuff and stories and exaggerates everything but when you get to the hotel the experience isn't doesn't match the um mm. his marketing so people get really disappointed because they expect certain type of behavior they almost expect the staff to be rude when they show yeah. up yeah and and it's it turns out to be just a middle class you know it's, it's just there's nothing special about the hotel when you go it's just a normal hotel so so people get disappointed they expected something more so that's just the people go there once and never never again no, and that, I mean you're burning. That's burning clients, and that's and that's defrauding people really. And like you say, the money is in the long term. So the long term relationship. So if you have a client and they're a repeat client and they keep coming back to you, if you look about their average lifetime value, say they stay with you for seven years and they're spending, or let's say I can take an easy figure because I'm tired, like two thousand pounds a year. It's fourteen thousand pounds in seven years. That's a long term gain rather than twenty pounds the first time they see you and never see you again. Yeah. Yeah. Think about how. Much and it's also about attracting. Yeah, it's also about attracting people that like, and respect that kind of uh, personality and what you do. Because what you don't want to do is attracting lots of people who either don't care or just come there because you have low prices. Or yeah, because they're not very nice. You want to, to deal attract with. the people that like. 
And you end up now they're not the nice to deal with, and yeah, and when they discover your personality, they might start, you know, complaining, and you don't <laughs> want that. You want to attract, uh, as we've said many times, your ideal audience, and and being, you know, using all this to to do that is really important. It is. It's, it's super important. So don't don't go out there and be a dick. Don't go and be a dick. Just being yourself. And one other thing is that don't use these powers for evil. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do it in an ethical, moral, legal way. Don't you know? Don't defraud. Don't take the piss. Don't make people feel bad about themselves or anything like that. You are doing this to sell something—a genuine sale of something somebody wants or needs from you to solve a problem. And if you're doing that in a really nice way um, and persuasive way to get them to do something that's going to benefit them in the long term. So what your products and services should be doing is benefiting the customer. Um, then there is no, there's nothing illegal or moral or unethical about doing this. This is perfectly just human behavior. It's how I buy. It's probably how you buy. It's how everybody buys. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. It's Nailed easy. it. Easy. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, and um, my job here is done. So, Kat, just before we, but before we end, could uh-huh. you just, you know, use thirty seconds to just uh, explain why not everyone, uh, why doesn't everyone do this? Why doesn't everyone, you know, come across as, you know, genuine and use these persuasion techniques and and why? It's so logical. It's, it's so logical. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't think people know about it because they follow the crowd, and when you're following the crowd, all you get is. Uh, snow blindness because you're doing things that they are doing and they don't even know why they're doing what they're doing so it's a ridiculous tail chasing exercise um, blind leading the blind Um, and until you go and do the research and if you're clever enough and you're on this podcast and you've got either of our books um, it's something you don't even know about Um, I did a psychology degree and I wasn't even aware of this so um, sometimes it's not there until it's given to you uh, in black and white. And when you go and use it, all of a sudden, things change. It's amazing. You think, why didn't I do this before? But there's always time to start. <laughs> always yeah. time to start. Yeah, there's always time to start. That, that's important, starting off. So what do we want to do now? Review this podcast. Go and send us a review. Yes. Say what you think. Tim told us what he thought. See if you can beat Tim's review. Give us some star ratings because we like those. Yeah. Keep us on the air. And we'll be back in a week. You've been listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Share and sign up for your podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com.